You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ask Broman episode 111. Uh, wow! Uh, Make-A-Wish uh, featuring Mitsu. Or Hi. at the Mitsu show, as you can see on your screen. Um, Mitsu. Oh, no! See, this is what I was talking about. This is talking about I was ca- sub-capturing your face. And if I was like, if I have to do anything on that monitor, <laughs> it's going to get fucked. Um <laughs> So, there it is. So yeah, that's what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, welcome to House Brown Man One One One. We're really professional here. I'm joined today by Mitsu. Uh, Mitsu. Mitsu and I have known each other for a while. Like I feel like it's been going back to like, has it been five years since like I met you at PAX? It, that was PAX 2014, my dude. It's six been years. it's been over six years. It Mom. might even be close to seven at this point. Motherfucker, that's awesome. Yeah. So I've known Mitsu for a long time. Mitsu is a, a, an incredible guy. He has this this great breadth of content that he's doing uh, and has been doing for about as long as I've known him and probably as long as he's been wearing scarves, um, <laughs> which I'm sure is longer than I've known him. But this is great. We were going to wait a little longer on the intro, but I decided to go straight into it because right now we're up against EA Play, which is <laughs> a which would have been part of a larger show, which you have made like this this systemic dedicated <laughs> effort to to ranking award shows and ranking reveal shows. That was the first thing I wanted to talk to you about. So it's Absolutely. great. So first of all, is it awful that you can't listen to EA play right now? Like, is that killing you? It, it's I feel probably, awful. <laughs> it's, it's probably awful for, you know, my mental health because I definitely want to see what they do. Because if I find out later on that they did a Tiberian Sun and Red Alert 2 remaster and okay. that's now happening, then I'm going to be mad. Also, maybe Skate 4. Skate 4. If it's anything else, I can probably get away with it. I got you. But for my career probably for the best that i'm here with you right now instead <laughs> okay i can respect that so mm. so tell me tell me about that you you are mm. one of the first people and i don't know if i've ever told you this uh mm. you're one of the first people where i noticed like through your analysis of games that you mm. i feel like you give really fair reviews for games but then also like things ancillary to gaming like you always have good critiques about what goes wrong along with Thank your you. comedy so, like, what inspired you to start doing that? So, I think we can we can go back to, to when I was a kid. I have very strong opinions about things. I don't know if you know this or not, but I, 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 <laughs> I tend not to shy away from expressing those opinions. I've gotten a little bit soft in my old age. <laughs> and as you get in this industry, you learn that sometimes you need to, to speak a little bit more professionally when you're going about saying the things that you say. Uh, that being said, when you have no fear of perhaps enraging people or not, you kind of just let loose with everything that you say. But I've always tried to to be somebody that has integrity. I don't want to be swayed by, oh, this person is influencing me because they're doing this for me. That person's influencing because they're doing that for me. My ultimate goal is to always speak my truth when it comes to how I see video games. And I look at multiple sources when I do these things. I, I think of what I feel and how I see a game when it comes. We'll, we'll talk about E3, for example, and how okay. unfortunately it's not going on. But yeah. that's that's the easy segue here is I'm always watching 
you know, different aspects of the internet. I'm looking at Twitter. I'm looking at other areas and I see what people are saying and I see if they're getting excited about this, if they're not getting excited about this. And I think about what they're saying. I'm like, wow, that's a really good point. Maybe that should be brought to a larger audience or I disagree with that immensely. So let's address why that is not the case that they're saying it to be. So there's always a lot of feedback that goes into doing, for example, the report cards that I do which I, I had no idea how big they actually are. People keep asking me, when's, when's your report card this year? Well, there's no E3, so unfortunately it can't really happen. But we had Sony and we had, uh, who else did one very recently? Uh, I know EA is obviously doing theirs now. It's gonna, that's going to bother. Oh, PC Game Show. PC, PC oh. Game Show was very recent. What yeah. did you think of the PC oh. Game Show? Oh, you don't boy. have to do the whole thing. <laughs> I, I will direct everyone to at Mitsu show uh, to, for the whole for <laughs> the Twitter, full take. Yeah. yeah. But like, what yeah. was what? Like, how did you feel about it? All right. So uh, I think PC game show has only had one really strong show. And that was and I look back at my, my report cards for this, actually. 2015, 2015, okay. they had a, a great show. It was like a B rank show. And I like bees. Bees are fine. And then all the other ones, D's, C minus, and I'm like, ugh, because and it's it's not Day Nine's fault. It's not Frankie's fault. I love both of them. It is they don't have a heavy hitter. Everybody else has something that they bring to the forefront that is a major triple A title, right? That gets right. you hyped and makes you want to stay engaged and interested in everything happening. And PC Game Show has a lot of like smaller, more nuanced titles, which is great. That's part of what makes PC gaming great, but there's no big exclusives. There's no heavy hitters. Like, you got it. I know it's probably not possible, but they need to try and find a way to get Valve Valve and or Blizzard involved in the, the larger process of doing it because they, they just got nothing, like nothing that really captivates you. So, like I said, when we started the show, mm. Mitsu's very insightful. Uh, <laughs> no, that's... I, I, I honestly... So the way I felt when I was watching it, I I was so stressed. I was so mm. stressed out the whole time um, because it was just like, it was like new thing, new thing, new thing, new thing, new yep. thing, new thing. And I was like, ah, like there was no, I felt like there was no grounding. And I and like every, <laughs> and then they would come back to like the, the like we're in the bunker thing. And usually that'd make me feel better. Right. Um, right. But then, like, even that felt weirdly stressful in between these bursts of, like, bright colors and, like, other things. <laughs> like, I, I got done, we got done co-streaming, and I asked chat, I was like, I'm fucking exhausted. Like, what, are you tired? Like, it was, it was tough for me. Um, what, so you mentioned, sorry, on your yeah. report right. cards, mm -hmm. um, you rank that, like, so if you don't know, Mitsu gives everything, like, a, a teacher rank. So yes. what, like, like go through that system. Okay. That's what so, I was talking about when I said, like, I watched you make content and it taught me how to like be a better critic. That specifically was the thing. You're going to, you're going to make me blush. And that's not the, uh, Basil Hayden's Caribbean okay. rye that I'm currently ah, drinking. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, delicious. Uh, so I'm, I'm a bit of a weeb, which means that we grade things on like an S plus all the way down to. I'm also a big fan of Homestar Runner, the F minus minus. I love F minus. So, okay, I love Homestar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not good enough. F minus minus. F minus minus. And then, so it's it's everything in between. S plus being the best, F minus minus, of course, being the worst. And I've had a grudge against EA for the better part of an actual eternity 
And that's mostly on the basis of they, in my opinion, they did Maxis, which made a lot of the sim games back in the day, and Westwood Studios, which made Command and Conquer, Emperor Battle for Dune, Command and Conquer Renegade, all of those types of games. I felt like they like bought them and did the properties dirty. And I know a lot of people have those feelings about other things that EA did. So there's going to be a lot of nodding heads, both in the audience live here. Yeah. Of course, those listening at home eventually. But the, the, the crux of the issue is every time they put on a show, it always winds up being an F minus minus. And, and sometimes the shows aren't the best, but they, they always seem to fail to grasp me, even when they're trying a little bit harder. Like they brought uh, Jose Mourinho. I'm a big fan of the Premier League on one year. Uh, and he was the the manager of Chelsea at that time. So that was like, oh, man, I got hype for that. Oh, right. There's still EA. Oops. Uh, and then you have like S plus tier where Nintendo is like, oh, man, there's a Smash uh, announcement. Awesome. Love it. Perfect. Or the year that Sony dropped the PS4 and it was like 50 to 100 bucks cheaper than the Xbox One. Boom. S plus Sony wins that year. Everybody loved it. That's and, and it goes anywhere in between. Devolver, you can't give a grade to because <laughs> Devolver is <laughs> something to and of itself. That, so <laughs> that filthy EA taste in your mouth. Mm. Um so <sighs> so so would you say like to truly attain like an S like like an S plus ranking, would it be like sure. would it be like what would someone need to do? Like, I can actually give you an example. Uh, okay. uh, again, looking back th back through my report cards. I love that you have receipts. Year... <laughs> I love it. It's the best part. <sighs> I go back and look at them every year. It's just so refreshing because you get to remember this stuff. So it's like a it's like a history class. The year Sony dropped the Last Guardian, Final Fantasy VII remake, and I think like one other game on us. These were like triple pluses in my book. right right like the biggest of the bit i had to actually make up a new score for that i think it's shenmue shenmue 3 was that year too they just dropped all three of them at one time in their conference and i just i marked the heck out i was like this is the greatest conference i've ever seen in my life I, what is it I, I think it was game trailers before game trailers went under somebody said all of our dreams are coming true <laughs> all of them and that's what it felt like that's what it felt like. Even though Last Guardian unfortunately wound up being pretty bad, but Final Fantasy VII Remake, that went pretty well. And Shenmue, that's a little middling. So, <laughs> Final Fantasy was a wild... When they, when they announced yeah. that for real, I was like... Ah! Like, <laughs> my childhood! It was, it was so... It was incredible. So, yeah. um, so you, you make all this great critical content, and you put that out sure. there, and, and Twitter's the place for that. You also stream... Um, and you, you know, you also like play games and make other styles of content that, that isn't so critical. So, uh, or like, you know, using that lens. So mm -hmm. what, like, what do you like to do when you're streaming and like, what got you into streaming and making content on this Oof. side of things? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I, I was, uh, uh, down on my luck, kind of lazy and shiftless kid in my my early 20s didn't know what i wanted to do with my life and i was playing a lot of league of legends at that time and i watched one particular streamer by the name of uh, saint vicious okay. saint vicious he was a guy who had a, a humor style very similar to how i felt my own was and i watched this dude he's literally streaming in his house in south carolina drinking boxed wine listening to chill music like beating people up in the jungle and league and just having a grand old time doing it and i'm like okay that's that's the coolest shit I've ever seen in my life. If he can do it, I can do it. 
And so I saved up a, a like thousand dollars. I, I, I like put together my first PC. I turned it on, started streaming and I played tons of different games. I played League, but it's really tough to break into that. Even back then, that was like 2011, 2012, that kind of area. You still can't unless you're like the best of the best or you make really compelling League content. That's that's like a lot of big games these days. You're going to have problems. Uh, and then I spent a lot of time playing Borderlands 2 very early on, which was a game that was actually purchased by friends of mine for my birthday because I couldn't afford it. So, wow. uh, I, it, yeah, serendipitous. It just wound up happening that way because I literally could not afford the game. And then that was the game I noticed after a while where people started to come back and watch me play more and more and more and more. And so I said, all right, cool. I'm really having fun playing Borderlands. Let me just do that. And it just kind of evolved from there. Uh, people enjoyed the the comedy they enjoyed when I would sing songs. I'm sure you remember G. Uh, I do. I do. No, it, I remember. Yeah. No, no, no. The the, yeah. the dance, the the the, the K-pop dancing. Yeah. The, and the, yeah. Ma- the yeah. The the raid boss. Yes. So I've, so yeah. There, there yeah. There's a there's a boss in Borderlands two named Master G. Uh, it takes a while to kill just because of the mechanics of that particular fight. Listen. So what I would do is coincidentally there was a K-pop song by SNS. The girls generation called G so I just put that on and sing all of it so you see this scrawny pasty white dude at like two in the morning singing his lungs out with k-pop and the juxtaposition apparently really went over well with everybody and it just kind of went from there yeah I can confirm that is absolutely one of the first things I saw from you (laughs) like totally you gotta watch this guy loves k-pop and I said fucking I hate k-pop and they were like Mm. yeah well K-pop people like it when you hate K-pop because <laughs> it means because it means that you're listening to K-pop. And I was like, that's, you can never fucking win with them. Yeah. But yeah, no. So so that's how I, that's that's they were like, yeah, go watch this guy. So that that's how I found you. So you said something that I, I um, not a lot of people say um, mm-hmm. you noticed when you started streaming a new game that people started. You noticed people coming back. What yep. was that like having like these first few strangers of the Internet? Right kind of begin to join you on a daily basis it was it was really intriguing it was kind of a a a strange time because when when you're somebody like me i'm used to to games like everquest and world of warcraft where you meet people uh, that you really don't you know you don't see them but you make these connections with them so i mean i've had friends that i've had for the better part of 20 years now that i i played everquest with way back in the day so it was a lot easier for me to just talk with these people as they would come in and share my story and, and tell them more about myself. Because especially when you're you're starting a little bit earlier, people enjoy getting to know you on a bit more of a personal level. They like to know, you know, what you're about, what you're like, how you express yourself, what makes you laugh, what makes you cry. Uh, just general because they want to feel that connection to the streamer. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's how you build your brand. Uh, and, and it just so happened that I was also modestly good at Borderlands. And at that time we were doing like cutting edge content, dragging G around, for example, with quasar grenades so that he could be in the acid puddles and absorb them. And so it it was kind of like that perfect storm of, all right, well, I guess I'm kind of funny and I guess I'm teaching people things and I'm able to communicate with them while doing both. Uh, so they're coming back and enjoying all of that content. And it, it just kind of built up from there. And I remember, I think the first time I ever saw you come into chat, this was back when you were speed running. Oh, sure. Uh, a long, I'm long sure time ago. sure it was. Yeah, and and you and a, a, a certain other streamer 
kind of got into it a little bit about what what the 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 proper feelings about where the standard was for speed running at that oh, point. Oh right. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. I used to be yes, very yes. I used to be a firebrand about that shit. God. Yes. So fucking pointlessly angry mm-hmm. about that shit I was. <laughs> fucking wrong I, with me. I'm surprised anyone was my friends. No. I was, I was actually genuinely scared because I uh, knew who both of you were and I was like, uh oh. What what do I say here without alienating oh, both no. of them? Because they're they're pretty heated in chat, and I'm just like the new kid on the block, and I won't make enemies. This is, <laughs> this is very scary. But I mean, it, it all wound up for the best, and you know, we all grew together. We did a lot of cool things together back then. Uh, yeah. Hide and seek. I really missed doing that. Uh, yeah, you know, we had all the the cool runs in Borderlands, and that was uh, some of the best times. Those good times. It really was. Yeah. So so that actually that actually made me think of something. And I know yep. my opinions on it, but I don't I don't know if I've ever really asked someone else. So this is this is mm. good. So like you you've been doing this long enough to notice that like some games seem to be really fertile ground for like growing your content. And other yep. games seem to be like, why are you doing this? Like, <laughs> um, what do you think it is about a, a game that kind of draws in a community to that that makes it fertile for making lots of content? and growing specifically the growth part because like there there has to there has to be something for everybody maybe mm-hmm. intentional or not there has to be something for everyone to appreciate in a game it doesn't necessarily have to be a game that's all things for all people it just needs to be something that either incidentally or not just has levels to it so when i think back to what borderlands 2 had there was something for the min maxers right at the top and then all the way down. So when we were creating content, we could create something as complex as like Corey going and doing will it bore way back then. And then you could have something as very simple and low level as us doing again, hide and seek where we were just running around the map and and mocking each other for 45 minutes until eventually tortoise helmet gave up and we laughed at him some more. So it, 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 and that's what pulls people in there's something for everybody and you can get an education out of it. If you really want to be great at the game, or you can just enjoy the entertainment value of watching people just dick around for a while. And that was a game where you could do that. Hmm. It, it, I feel like larger double AA, a triple a titles like that. Give credence to that. It's, it's hard for a lot of games to retain uh, unless they have a very strong appeal, like animal crossing, animal crossing is a game that after you've done a month or two of it, I see most people falling off. I hear even the most hardcore people right now, hardcore and Animal Crossing. Yes, I know. I just said that. Yep, nope, that's Uh, true. (laughs) That's life now on the internet, 2020. (laughs) They're locking in maybe once every couple days because they'll they'll poke their head in, do their chores, and then they'll be on their way. Uh, And that's, that's partially just because the game isn't updating itself. Back in the day, Borderlands updated itself rather often. Because uh, the game, the game back then, Borderlands Two, I don't know how many people remember, it was really fundamentally flawed. There was a lot of things in that game. We took advantage of some of it. We loved the quirks of it, but there was a lot of stuff back there that just was not supposed to be. That was needed yeah. to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> but they, but ultimately they yeah. did, and we yeah. we had a lot of fun along the way, and we made a lot of compelling content out of all of those harsh environments that went into it. So yeah. Well, that's yeah. So that's such an interesting insight because that's it's so 
not where I go with it mentally. Mm. Like I think, um, where do you go? Well, I think, well, 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 I think that the things that are really engaging, like the things that have good hooks, like good, strong mm. gameplay loops, and then like a little bit of that gambling mentality alongside of it, right? Like of with course. Borderlands, um, to use the same metaphor, like I always felt like that was the hook, like the audience wanted to engage with that mechanic, um, yeah. even though they were like at home. But I think, based off what you said, that I was only very in part right <laughs> because your <laughs> idea uh, makes more sense for more people. The, yeah. Like it, the fact that Borderlands had levels like you could min max the shit out of it, but also like, ooh, look pretty um, like it was like it went the whole it did. It had the whole scale of things yeah. in it. Um, so it had a lot of secondary appeal. Um, and even a little bit of appeal to people who like didn't normally play video games. They would get into that. Um, that's so interesting. I'm learning. Yeah, I, so I mean, much. you're you're right too. RNG is always a big factor in video games. People love that's that's why gotcha games wind up making tons and tons of money, and why mm -hmm. gotcha gamer like streamers make tons and tons of money because everybody wants one more pull. Everybody wants to see you kill savagely one more time. Yeah. And and because you never know, you might that that's the day that the ninety four percent sham drops. Oh man, I think I've only ever gotten the sham to drop in Borderlands like once. Really? Yeah, that's like my white whale. That's my. Oh okay. Yeah, you like, and Leeson. Yeah, I couldn't. Man, there was one year I got like for the hunt that I, if okay. So if you're listening, you have no idea. We're just like hopping in a time machine together. Um, of course. So, so we're there's an event the Borderlands Two community does frequently uh, and or for a long time, and it was called the Hunt. So you go in the game and you hunt every legendary. The the sham and the the legendary ninety four percent sham is uh, you know like that's like a special thing, right? Yeah. Well, this super yeah. So anyway, I remember when I was trying to get a stupid thing during the hunt, and I spent like a day and a half on it, and I gave up. And then I think it was Corey was like, oh, shit, I need to get a sham. And it was like a second kill or some shit. <laughs> and I was like, this is assholes. I don't like this. Um, but that like that, like because of the RNG in the game, you can build events like that. And you, and it also lets you sort of relive the thrill of like the first moment you got it. You're like, oh, that's like a, kind of the same dopamine, yeah. um, which is which is awesome. So. So you you also mm -hmm. <laughs> also 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 <laughs> um God that was so good I hope everyone goes back and listens to Mitzi's explanation about about good games um you also host a lot of things and hosting yeah. other than like this stream or like events that I you know am helping put on so I have to <laughs> by default I don't really host a lot of stuff like I don't host yeah. anything where I am not in direct charge. And you mm. you have hosted so much stuff. You currently host a talk show on the Borderlands channel, if I'm not mistaken, right? I do. Yeah. Uh, technically, I, well, not even technically anymore, too, actually, at two. this point. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you host a lot of stuff. Now, how did you get interested in that? How did you get started in that? Where uh, would you direct somebody that was uh, interested in doing something similar? It was it was partially because of you. Oh, okay. So, so I didn't it, know that. You... It, you have to let's we're going to hop back in the time machine real quick and sure, go back okay. all the way to, to DCC way back in the day. OK. And it was uh, a rare drop at that time. I don't know if it was actually a company. But Not yet. 
you guys not not at that point, not but, that point. but you, you guys collectively because you were you were still all working together on yes. the dcc project at that time later to become gc later to gcx um you approached me to do the main panel hosting right i think i i forget specifically it might have been alex or somebody but but everybody seemed to agree that i was the one that the, you wanted to to host that panel totally and apparently that was very well received that panel coincidentally was the first time my wife had ever laid on his on the, uh, oh <laughs> all right hair yeah. yeah, I remember that hair. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that fucking hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so it was it was kind of luck. And then we we go to the following year when you all informed me at the steak dinner that we had for all the content creators at Charlie's that they had you you all had an extra camera lying around and you were just gonna get like a like a hand mic. Right. Yes. And and you Correct. wanted me to go around and get interviews with whoever I possibly could. Yep. So I wound up doing a couple interviews, including uh, uh, Shifty Five's dog, Kira. We did a, a short interview segment with. Uh, and I think, uh, who was there? Leah. Leah was Leah. Uh, watching Kira at that point. So, And then later on, went to, to host several other GCXs. But that was kind of where it all started. And I guess I got on the radar of some some special people uh, Leviathan Core, I believe, went to the mat for me. Uh, a good friend of mine in the industry, Melissa Mock, she went to the mat for me. And they said, hey, here's this Mitsu guy. He's really big into Borderlands. Uh, he apparently knows how to host things. I don't know. I don't know what they said about me, but apparently it was good enough <laughs> things for me to to wind up doing this. Yeah. So they they said, hey, come, come on the, the content creators team, stream a little Borderlands. And then we have this idea. What if you hosted a podcast about Borderlands. And I said, tell me more. And we did a little research. We wound up finding a good co-host, my my uh, co-host in crime, uh, Tesichka, who we host the Bordercast every Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, right there on the Borderlands channel, twitch.tv slash Borderlands. Go there. Cheesy, cheap plug. Yes, please. Go uh, there. Do it. Yes. Support um, everything and- he does or I'll find <laughs> you. Okay. Uh, he doesn't know what he'll do, but it, yeah, I'll just find you. you. I'll yeah. just find. I'll just know where you're at, and then you'll have just, to deal with knowing that I know, and that'll be weird <laughs> for you. He's just looking through the yeah, window, just looking, just watching. <laughs> Not a threat. Soon. <laughs> and and anyway. and so yeah, they they approached me to do this. We got to do some really cool interviews over the past year. It, our uh, it's funny. Our our one year anniversary show is this Tuesday. Oh holy shit! Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tune and, in. And, yeah, and so we're going to uh, hopefully have some some compelling retrospective on the past year in Borderlands. We might have an interview lined up. Wink. Uh, and and with with the devs, wink, wink. But we'll see what happens with that. Okay. And going forward, it was it was we. So there was another show mm-hmm. that they wound up developing as well over on the two K Gearbox side called the Borderland Show, hosted by a gentleman who was just on the GCX event podcast oh. or uh, uh, stream. Oh yeah, stream, uh, Greg Greg yes. Miller. And Greg Miller and Fran uh, Mirabella III, both of them do that. And they brought me out to sit on the show as a guest. And they really liked the energy and and the the, uh, insight that I brought to that. So they asked if I would come back. And so I've been back ever since. And now I'm officially the third chair of the Borderlands show. That's so so cool. Hang out and do that now. Yeah. That's so dope. 
Yeah, their their office is is super cool, and I hear they're they're moving into a much larger facility very soon, like thirty five hundred square feet of space, and like they're gonna go like completely balls the wall. It's exciting. That's super cool. <laughs> and then I uh, I also so I write, produce, direct, and host the Bordercast. Right. I host wow the Borderlands show, and I write, produce, and direct. Ultimate Vault Hunters, which is a show that 55, our good friend, is the host of. Awesome. Yeah. So I, <laughs> when you say I'm doing a, a lot of different things these days, it's it's been an evolution of content yeah. progression. I am doing a lot of things. Like so, I didn't even realize how much I was doing until we said it. Yeah. Isn't that fun? <laughs> I that, do that shit wild. all the time. Everybody's like, That's great. They're like, what do you do? And then they're like, 20 minutes later, they're like, can I go piss? <laughs> this question was supposed to be fast and I needed to ask it and then go piss. So, so would you, so God, you're like so good at setting up these, my ideas. Um, so when you, when you say like, this is an evolution of you, I, so before off the air, we were talking yeah. and I'd said, I feel like you've always been doing everything. And I didn't know if that was correct. So first of all, I want to know, like, and I kind of feel like you just told me, is is it just that you started doing one thing at a time and kept going with each of those I, things or or was it or was or was you know the outcome of right now just sort of the the respiration of all of these ideas so i i always envisioned myself as being a personality unto myself where you know, i grew up listening to a lot of radio uh uh, not that I, I'm, I'm going to throw myself under the bus here, but blame my father, who was a very conservative man. I grew up listening to a lot of Rush Limbaugh. Same. I grew up listening to a lot of uh, Sean Hannity. Yep. Those and and so when when you're in that malleable age growing up, you you hear their cadence. You yeah. You, like have that energy and that passion that they put forth. And, and this isn't to say that I agree with anything that they put out. Yes. But you learn a lot about. <laughs> But you learn a lot about Speaking. the business of yeah. radio and the yeah. cadence and, and how to engage an audience for better yeah. or worse with that kind of content. And then it moved into like Opie and Anthony. I listened to a lot of them. So those yeah. were kind of like my influences for how I put that content out there. And then when I saw St. Vicious doing something very similar, that's when I said, OK, let's do that. So, it you know, it always it always it was a natural progression. It was I always saw myself as somebody who off the top of my head could just go and right. I, I never really needed a script now I'm writing them which is wild and yeah. then you know I have people that I direct to then read that script which blows my mind uh That's and I really mean cool. one of them is an accomplished actress like like 55 is extremely accomplished and she yeah. reads my words that's crazy to me like insane that's so cool yeah. Um <laughs> I love it. I love how happy this like this is great. So yeah. so what do you what do you find in doing all of the things that you do, right? Like <clears throat> I get asked a lot, where do you find the motivation to do all that shit? Um so I'm asking you. Mm. Um you know, I know my why. What like what's yours for all of this? What's driving I it? I have two. Okay. The first one is what's motivated me for the better part of my entire life. Everything I do is for funsies. That's it. I I grew up extremely poor. 
was so serious. <laughs> no, hang on. I'm going to let you tell your story. This is really, Go ahead. this is really, Go ahead. but like, I was ready for you to just be like, drop a bomb on me and, and like, just really lay it on. I was like, ready to learn some vocabulary about how I was about to feel. And you were like, everything yeah. I do is for funsies. So thank you for that. Um, You're welcome. Okay. So, so yeah, you do everything for funsies. Sure. Yeah. It, it, every, I, I get an actual enjoyment about like from entertaining people. I hear yeah. stories all the time, you know, actors and actresses, they do it because they're good at it, but it's just like, it's just a job, man. Like they, they want everything that I do. I get uh, an extreme not like like weird pleasure out of but i i yeah. thoroughly enjoy it i enjoy hosting gcx i enjoy writing i enjoy directing i enjoy hosting i enjoy shit posting on twitter whenever i get to do that that's that's fun for me who doesn't and and what, what what's the old saying oh that's such good shit that's, yeah, that's gonna be a joke shit. for all the wrestling fans and the, the audience <laughs> um what's the old saying if you if you enjoy what you do you never work a day in your life that's yeah. a lie but it certainly helps it makes yeah. things a lot easier and so when I, I like sitting down there and I'm, I'm perusing through, like if I'm trying to research the hunt, I'll go and talk to Gonza for a little while. And I'll be like, dude, tell me more about the history of the hunt so I can like write up this thing and, and see what happens. Cause I, I, I love learning about all that. And, and you know, my, my co-host Tess is like, how do you enjoy that? I'm like, how do you enjoy editing? Right. Cause, cause she, she, she does all the, the heavy lifting on the editing part of the show. And I'm like, nah, I can do it, but no, thank you. You, How can you anyone? have fun, please? Yeah. Oh my God, one of the most tedious things ever. God bless every single editor out Thank there. Thank you, 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 you people are incredible. You are yes. absolutely because um, you make us look good when we look awful. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Yes. Um, so so it's it's always been just the enjoyment of doing it. it from the from the start when you when I started streaming, I turned it on just because I wanted to have fun. Right. And that's never changed. Right. That's never, ever changed. Uh, you know, the money helps a little bit more, but certainly that's that's only been a, a very recent development. Uh, like I said, I, I grew up very poor, so money was never really yeah. my vote motivation. I never I never had dollar signs in my eyes like I'm going to get in this industry and I'm going to get a shit zillion dollars and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Never was my thought process. My thought process was always I'm going to go out there and I'm going to put on the show that I want to put on. And I'm gonna have fun doing it. And if it goes somewhere, great. And if it doesn't, I guess I'm gonna go back to working at Starbucks. Cool. <laughs> and and you know what? For a time, I did have to do that. And then some people came a call in, and I got some some really cool opportunities. And we've been rocketing up ever since. And I can't wait to see where that leads. Uh, the other one, yeah. The other one is my wife. Ah, I get that <laughs> it's, one. Yeah, you know, it's it's just. It's it's a, a special case because there's there's so much that goes into the relationship that we have. Uh, you know, she's a Canadian citizen, so I would very much like to have her back stateside as soon as possible, please and thank you. Right. Uh, so that's that's something I always work hard towards every single day. Like I wake up and I, I see her picture sitting on my desk, and I'm like, there. That's why I do it. That that's why I do it now. It's partially for funsies, but mostly for her. Um. And that that's really what gets you out of bed and gets you going. Um, and, that, and that sounds cheesy, but it's true. Like, that's, that's, me. that's family. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. That so, sounds cheesy mm -hmm. to me. My wife's my, I mean, Amy's Amy's everything to me. I like yeah. I, I get to get it. I get to be who I am. Um, 
because, you know, she, she is just like, she's my person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's my person. Like that's, yeah. I don't know how else to say it. And, and I'm her person and having, having a relationship like that where you, you feel like you just fully support each other's strengths and weaknesses is really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's really special when you find a friend like that, but it's something like entirely different when you get, when you're lucky enough, uh, to you know marry that person. Um, yeah. so, so, so yeah, I totally get that. Um, so you, you experienced a time in your life where you didn't have a lot. <clears throat> sure. And do you think, um, because so did I, uh, like if anyone who's listening to this podcast knows, like I, I was, when I started streaming, I was making like minimum wage. Like the last job I had was like minimum wage in a psychiatric hospital working overnights. Like it was rough. Right. So yeah. you eat that ramen. So, so yeah, you eat the ramen or, or <laughs> like in my case, like it had to be peanut butter. Cause then if I didn't keep my, uh, whatever blood proteins up, I couldn't donate my plasma. And then I oh, couldn't yeah, yeah, buy yeah. groceries, uh, to keep my plasma. It was like, it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, mm-hmm. but like that, that experience informs a lot of my humor. It's why I don't, it's why when I'm in the right headspace, I really don't take anything very seriously because, um, I remember how bad it was and I'm so grateful for how, how good it is now for me. And, mm. um, but I, I always, you know, I always remember how bad it was. I remember how it could get that bad again, right? Like something yeah. awful could happen. My house could blow up and I could be, you know, back in a one bedroom <laughs> apartment with Amy and pepper. And we're all just staring at each other. Like, uh, all of our stuff's <laughs> gone. Um, you know, so that like that, that having seen both sides of things like that, informs sure. a lot of my humor do you find because you like to do things for funsies is that yeah. motivated from that experience uh hey ben yeah did I, i've got a fun fact for you okay did you happen to know that my parents are dead uh no i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know that at all <laughs> and now did wait are, are you being serious or are you running with my bit now because I'm, now i'm not sure anymore <laughs> uh, you've told you have told me before yes, yes. okay yes okay yeah it's 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 so <laughs> yes my my life experiences do inform a lot of how i approach certain things and i know there's yeah. a lot of people aghast right now but the the true sad story if, and it is actually a sad story but i did like quotes just for people there but it's not actually quotes the truth of it is you know my mother died when i was six i was raised by a single father uh he was working in like a printing press and it was ridiculously difficult for for him uh you know and i was a problem child when you're when you're a really smart kid, but you don't have all of your influences lined up because he did the best he could, you 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 wind up acting out a little bit more than you probably should. So I was not a good kid growing up. But it, that also informed a lot of my humor style. It's because I I would like I'd be snarky to the principal, and the principal wouldn't know what to do because here's this kid who's way above his grade making commentary that the principal should not be responding to when you're in the principal's office, like teachers were clashing heads with me all the time. Cause I'd be challenging them on things. And that was because partially because my, my first grade teacher who I loved, uh, Mrs. Lang, not that she'll ever hear this, but if she did, I love you still, you're amazing. Um, she encouraged me to read a lot as a, as a coping mechanism for my mother's passing. Mm. So it was a lot of, uh, comics. Like I read a lot of Garfield 
So my humor style can sometimes be very dry. Or I watched Mr. Bean and that informed my humor style with like British comedy. And that I loved Mr. Bean. And, and it's funny when you're in third grade and you're trying to explain Mr. Bean to the kids. Oh, my God. They don't know what the fudge that is. No, they don't know. They can't and you definitely don't have like no. the vocabulary to really explain why you like no. Mr. Bean. Like you don't know. Mm -hmm. like, no, you don't understand. He's a superb timing in physical comedy. You're like, yeah. ah, it's funny. He gets hit by shit. <laughs> he got hit he by fell from the sky. He got hit by a car. <laughs> I laughed. You know, like, <laughs> like it's that He's kind got of a car shit. with three wheels that tips over. Wow, hilarious, <laughs> right? You know, that's crazy. Okay, yeah. so, 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 re like, other than comics, did you read? Did you read books? Was books uh, reading books a thing for you? You know, it's funny. I I didn't like. Uh, I I kind of went in a didn't a different way. Yeah, no, I, no I went in a good. different way. Yeah, yeah. Like I, so I think the one of the very few books that I did read growing up, I read Jurassic Park because I love that movie. Right. Uh, and the book wow. obviously differs from the movie if you've ever uh. read it, but that was a one. I love that book. That's a. I have it in hardcover somewhere around here. Uh, love in a Time of Cholera was a, a huge book for me. If you've uh. ever watched How I Met Your Mother, that informs the entire show the mother dying was supposed to happen get over yourselves that's going to start a lot of internet arguments especially with cory so. uh, and <laughs> that's my favorite kind uh, of yeah. argument when he is upset that's great uh, yes <laughs> he made uh, me like is... this chat i didn't used to be like this i used to be nice I used to be fucking I nice by watching you I used to be a nice person okay no go keep going <laughs> You're good. Uh, uh, and uh, what? The Hobbit, I think, was the other one I read uh, in like seventh grade because I didn't do a research paper. Uh, and uh, I came back after not doing that research paper from from like basically faking an illness for two weeks because I just didn't want to. I, I was hoping that the teacher would forget. Yeah, that's a real thing that I did. Yeah. Nice, was a whole though. Time. Yeah. Good planning. Good execution. Al you, almost worked. You got all two of the weeks. Yeah, I did. So, the harder part, to do nothing. honestly. Yeah. yeah. Good job. <laughs> to come back and then get yelled at anyway. But yeah. So I, I wound up uh, reading The Hobbit, which I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it didn't really captivate me enough where I wanted to explore the, the larger right. uh, universe of uh, Lord of the Rings, which again, kind of weird for nerds to, to go back and forth and saying, but those different types of nerds and kind of things yeah. like that. Yeah, totally. So a lot of my influences were, you know, playing Command and Conquer, it was playing The Sims, playing the best game ever, Half-Life, doing doing all of those kinds of games. And the, the very few friends that I did have, you know, bouncing comedy off of them, like we'd talk about listening to the radio shows that we listen to or, or whatever TV, and we would just make jokes. We're, we're, I hang out with my friends every Friday. I'm still making the same dumb jokes that I did like 30 years, not 30 years ago, but like 20, 25 years ago. Just because just it's funny, and we try to find new yeah. ways to repackage the same four jokes. Oh, it's the best way to do it, though. You just change yep. a couple words. Like Tom <laughs> Clancy's The Division. It's like a fun game. Every time oh. I have a fucking stream title, I try and mess up those words more. It's great. <laughs> like running out of shit. Um, Sl Slom Blancy's the, yeah. the multiplication, or the Pythagorean theorem. Oh, yeah. No, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it was one I had. It was like, uh, I was like, uh, no, I can't remember. I have to go back and like, look funny. at my VODs. Wait, I can't! Wait, I can't! Oh, no! Oh, shit! I wasn't even... Uh. I legitimately was not even trying to, like, start a fucking thing. But I can't. <laughs> um, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> rip. Rip. Uh, nah, yeah, it's rip. Yeah. Um, shit, you said something. I was, I was like, oh, man. Oh. Um, yeah. So, 
when did you start PC gaming? PC gaming came into my life really late. So, yeah. but your favorite games are like, you know, Half-Life, which you you yes. you uh, evangelize <laughs> constantly. I do, um, yes. So, so yeah, like that, that makes anyone who really has his passion for, for what I would consider like, like watershed games in PC mm-hmm. gaming um, usually means that was their primary consoles. Like, I'm sure. curious, was that the case for you? Like, what did you so, like playing in the beginning? I, I, at, unfortunately, of course, we, we talked about my mom having passed away very early, but she was a huge influence very early on on how much passion I have for video games. Uh, I still have her Nintendo sitting in my living room right now and her Atari. I think she has like a, what was it? A 1600, something like that. Yeah. Uh, my heart. God, I, I know. It's, I'm tearing the, up. Oh, you I, son I, of a bitch. That's so <laughs> sentimental. Oh my God. I, uh, That's I, amazing. Yeah. Okay. She's my reason. Yeah. And, and so, um, I play video games because I'd like to think that there's always people who have uh, streams. And they're like, oh, uh, my mom's going to be on this stream. My dad's going to be on the stream. Like my mom absolutely would have been on my stream. She was mm. so boisterous and vociferous about that kind of stuff. But uh, to bring it back around a little bit more, it was I, I had like one or two consoles. And then when people, family members saw that I had this passion for gaming, they said, well, let's let's get them a computer. So they got me like a Packard Bell with like four megabytes of RAM back in the day. And I, I had that pretty early on. I played like Sim Tower and, and Streets of Sim City, not Streets of Sim City on that one, but uh, Sim City 2000. I played a lot of Sim games, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And then I think <laughs> I tried to play Lego Island and it required 16 megabytes of RAM. And I was like, uh oh, this isn't running on my computer. Wah, wah. Lego motherfucking Island. Lego Island. Bro, I remember that. <laughs> Holy shit. Did they advertise yeah. that? Was like one of the first ones they advertised on TV? I think that might have been the first Lego game they ever had on PC or any system for that like, matter. I'm trying to, I remember I remember seeing it and I was like, yeah. computers have games too? That's what I I remember. <laughs> that was like that's I have this memory of that. Like what? Yeah. I've been lied to. Like, like <laughs> games are only monster? games are only on the Nintendo. Like, I was like, that looks like a game. Liars. Like, uh, <laughs> okay. So you started there. What? Yeah. Um, what? What drew you into kind of continuing playing games, um, like from childhood into like adolescence and then like adulthood? Because oh, you have it, a very it, close relationship with him, so I'm, I'm curious as to what what kept pulling you back in or what kept you engaged. Because most mediums change a lot in mm-hmm. 20 years. Um, yeah. So what has kept you coming back? When, when you're a kid, you just have a lot of free time. So over the years, it was always an evolution. Instead of doing homework, I was playing Command & Conquer. Instead of reading books, as we talked about before, I was like, hey, I'm going to go create like three families in The Sims now. So that's cool. And then instead of doing literally anything else, I went and played (laughs) (laughs) Half-Life. Yeah. And then I would go over friends' houses and we'd sit there and and my best friend and I, we like 100% did GTA 3. We printed out every single bit of a strategy guide so we could sit there and take turns finding all the hidden packages and all the jumps and all of that just so we could do it for funsies oh yeah just to say that we beat it yeah and then we did the same thing for vice city and then we did the same thing for uh san andreas which came after it we love those games we had so much but but it there was always there's always something 
that kept me interested and engaged in the industry, watching the evolution of it. And then on the Nintendo side, you you got to see the Super Nintendo. They had Donkey Kong Country and Pilot Wings and all of those games. And that evolved into Mario 64 and the Ocarina of Time, you know, the second best game ever. And then it, it went from there. And then my friend introduced me to EverQuest, which was a, a huge deal. An MMORPG, one of the first I think Ultima Online was the the very very first the, uh, the, uh, the progenitor the, of yeah of yeah all the archetypal yes. MMO yeah. yeah and then EverQuest and then of course that that segues into WoW which I didn't get into right away it was EverQuest too um, but that game was okay man what uh, yeah I never played EverQuest no um, I met uh, so I like in eighth grade it's goddamn dude there's some memories yeah. that are happening mm-hmm. because of these conversations right now this is weird. Uh, I was in eighth grade. I remember I was in the gym. I was getting to hang out with some cool juniors that were like in oh, high yeah. school because we had the middle school, <laughs> high school fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I was working on the I was the tech for this, the show, right? For the stage show. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like, so obviously I'm looking up to these guys. They're all fucking drama nerds, right? Like they're not the cool guys that I was around right. all forced to be around all the time. And so they're talking about video games. And then they're talking about they were talking about EverQuest. And this one guy was talking about how he's like, oh, man, yeah, my friend died the other day. And it was like he lost seven days of work on his XP bubbles. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, well, you mean seven days? I asked. I remember asking, do you mean seven days? And he interrupted me and was like, yes, in game time. Like, I should have known that it wasn't just seven days of the week. <laughs> like it was in game yeah. time or some shit. And so, like, I just have had these horrifying memories about what playing that game was like. So I have never spoken about it on the podcast. Please tell people what EverQuest is and what it was like playing it. All right. Here we go. So EverQuest was an MMO released in the year of our Lord, 1999. So fucking exciting. Uh, One year after the best year of video gaming history in 1998, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, another day. But uh, now we have to. Yeah, right? Because 98 was Half-Life in the Ocarina of Time, which that blows everything out of the water right there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, So EverQuest was released. It was an MMO. It was very like high fantasy. There's elves of all different types, dark elves, uh, wood elves, uh, high elves. Uh, There's erudites, which are just uh, evolutionary advanced humans that became very, very smart, but a little bit more physically frail. Normal humans, ogres, or orcs, well, no, ogres, yes, ogres, uh, all different types of things. And it was very unforgiving, extremely unforgiving. They had all these different factions, and you could be friendly with those factions, or they could attack you on site and beat the ever-loving crap out of you. Uh, And if you died in EverQuest, there was an experience penalty. So you could actually go down from your level so what you would do, especially before a big encounter, is you would like level your character up so you had a, a cushion if you knew you were going to be out there and perhaps dying for a while. And then if you died, you'd be like, oh, wow. All right. So I got to there's resurrection, but not everybody can do it. Like clerics can do it. Druids can do it. A few of all other characters can do it. But if you couldn't get a res. Oh, yeah. If you couldn't get a res, you didn't get that experience back. And if you died, you respawned at a bind point. And you had to hey. run naked all the way back to your body to loot your body. So if you died at the bowels of a dungeon, you had to naked make your way through this dungeon all the way back to your body to get all of your stuff back. And if you couldn't in seven days, 
gone. That's what they were talking about. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) That sounds fucking evil. Yeah. Why did you go back after it hurt you the first time? Because I'm sure there was a first time. (laughs) Oh, there was many a time. There was nothing else. There was there was at that time. uh, You know, this was long before World of Warcraft was out. World of Warcraft figured out how to do it a little bit better, which is you die. Your spirit roams back to your body. So you don't have to worry about getting killed along the way. And then you just get your stuff when you resurrect your spirit. Um, But some people like that hardcore challenge. Some people like the allure of going all the way naked back to your body to have to loot your corpse. Uh, that was that was the hardcore old school way of doing things. Man, they've just kind of like made it easy these days. And whether that's good or whether that's bad, I don't know. World of Warcraft, one of the most successful games of all time. So who <laughs> can I judge? I don't know. Yeah, I remember that fucking XP penalty because yeah. I played. Now I know where it came from, so I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I I I that shit. You could D level in Final Fantasy Eleven. Yeah. And so, like, I remember one particularly excruciating time. Mm. Uh, we were leveling in Valcrum Dunes, right? The the f- asshole taint of that whole game's universe where everyone had to level <laughs> 10 through 20. Every, every other level set had options. 10 through yeah. 20, though, Valcrum Dunes better be during the day. Otherwise, you're going to pull a ghost. And it's going to fucking wipe your whole party and the person who's power leveling you because they're not strong enough to fight it either. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so like, (laughs) so like I had a day of T-Rex and I shared a character because we didn't have enough money or time to really play our own separate characters. So yep. like we died like oh it's like four times in one day. We had to go back a zone to fucking re-level and then like come back. But like we had sold all of our gear at auction house, so we couldn't fucking equip it anymore. So like we were running around like white mage, like casting Dia on everything, and that's like all we could do. <laughs> and it was awful. It was, I hated it. So thanks a lot, goddamn EverQuest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's all Varen's fault. You can, I think, actually, Ultima Online might have had a very similar experience penalty. So we could all we could go all really? the way black, back and blame Epic if you want, because I think huh. that's uh, Ultima is. Uh, yes, it is. It? I don't remember. It's yeah. one. Of the, yeah, it's one of the original uh-huh. Epic games, right? If you don't know Epic, they so, make yeah. Fortnite. Oh boy! And a web launcher that people like to be mad about on the internet. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> smash my head on my microphone um so mm. <laughs> i fucking this is man you took me in the way back you like hooked me and yanked me into the way back machine with that everquest story a lot further than i thought i wanted to go um so so when it comes to advice right that's yes. one of the things we like to talk about here sure if if somebody is looking at what you're doing right now, whether mm. it's, you know, they're they're you're using your critical voice out there about, you know, games and shows, uh, hosting things. Um, I know you're fledgling in it, but like writing and directing things, um, mm. you know, making content. You have all these various pursuits. Do you have do you have like one piece of advice you give that would relate to all of them? It is integral that whatever you do 
you do it in your voice like whatever you can bring to whatever content you create find a way to be proud of it and if you're not proud of it find a way to to move your brain to a place where you are confident that what you're doing and the content that you're producing is something that you can be proud of because if you can't wake up and look yourself in the mirror and say i i really liked what i did today eventually this is going to wear on you a lot faster than any other job and i used to sling coffee at people and you know what <laughs> that was hard but i could look myself in the mirror and still be like i made meaningful connections with people today and they were really cool people but if you're if you're making content and you're just not happy with the kind of content that you're putting out there why are you doing it why like don't don't be afraid to to let your personality shine because everybody's different and everybody brings something different to the table and we all push every aspect of life forward by contributing something to the conversation. That's how you get a PhD. Your PhD, I remember seeing a circular graph once where it listed the levels of like, here's your elementary school education. It goes further out. Here's your uh, high school education. When you graduate college, when you get your master's and then your PhD is a perfect circle, except for a tiny little bump, a tiny bump at one section of that circle, that tiny bump right there that represents who you are and what your contribution is to that field. So think of content creation the same way. You are a person of all of your experiences and your job is to create that tiny little bump where now you're adding your voice and your vision to the greater culture that is content creation. That is a beautiful connection um, <laughs> in that metaphor. No, that's really good. Um, because I knew where you're going. I, me personally, like it, academia is part of my past. So, of course, like, professor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what a fucking mistake. Um, I say it all the time. I'm going to say it out loud more so people know I think it's hilarious. Um, no, but like that, that, that idea of being PhD and you, the only goal you have is to add a little bit to the sum total of human knowledge. Like your whole yes. life's work is to do that. And, um, to compare that to truly understanding what it is about you and your voice that stands out, especially with that, it's like a little bump on all these other circles. Sometimes that's what it feels like. Yeah. Like that feels like it feels like the thing that makes people watch you versus watch me or right. watch, um, you know, Ninja versus watching Tim the Tatman or of like whatever, like pick any two people. The thing that is the determining factor is, is and only is like their voice and approach, yeah, to what they're doing, and um, I guess the thing that I really respected about that metaphor is it takes a life work, it takes your life work to really truly understand what your voice is. It takes yeah. it takes exercise, right? You have to get through elementary school, and middle school, and high school, and and your fucking undergrad and your collegiate, and that. I think that that is something that people miss out on when they start making content, right? They just assume that they can enter at the same level everyone else is at. But um, at some point, you do have to do like the underlying education of yourself because without that, without having like a nice 
holistic knowledge of like maybe what the space looks like and who the players are and how they approach mm-hmm. things. Whatever you do might end up sounding and looking just like someone else um, because maybe you didn't spend enough time and you tried to, you know, you tried to like push out there and without fully educating yourself. I don't know. I could go on with that metaphor <laughs> like forever. I promise you I'm going to be thinking about it for like I, probably the rest of my it's, life. It's a good one. It's uh it's it's the 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 long and short of it is it's a marathon not a sprint yep and and you have to train yourself for a marathon you have to prepare yourself for a marathon because you 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 can't just run a 5k when you've been sitting on a couch for six weeks that's that's just how it goes yeah yeah absolutely that's the shit man you're so fucking smart um you have <laughs> you you have a full understanding of your perspective at this moment how about that I can uh, that. because your point of view is very different than mine but that's one of the reasons why i like doing this show and why i, I like i've become selfishly asking a mm. lot of questions during the show instead of you chat um but <laughs> you know i i do i do think that it's so important to get other people's perspectives because everyone thinks incredible thoughts um and I, I know personally, I've learned a lot um, from your perspective today. So, so thank you. Thank you. Um, as you can tell, we're wrapping it up, which makes me sad, but I have yes. a lot of shit going on, which I apologize. We need to continue this conversation in another episode for I sure. Um, have to have that. Yeah. So, but before we go, Mitsu, if there's anything yes. you'd like to say, any projects you're working on, anything you'd like to advertise, like you can chill your brains out. <laughs> this is, this is my thank you for joining me. Yes. Tell everybody about everything you've got going on. Cool. So if you just tuned in, I don't know why that would ever happen, but just in case, <laughs> I'm Mitsu of uh, twitch.tv slash Mitsu. I managed to finally get it. M-I-T-S-U Mitsu. Uh, I am twitter.com slash Mitsu show. M-I-T-S-U-S-H-O-W. That's where I do my best work because my streams are, yeah. who knows? Eh, hit or miss sometimes. I also am, in, uh, uh, also am on the Borderlands channel. On Mondays from 10 a.m. Eastern to 2 p.m. Eastern and Tuesdays at the exact same time, as well as hosting the Bordercast, which airs on four. Uh, I'm sorry. It airs on Tuesdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific with my co-host Tetschka. And I also am on, of course, the Borderlands show, which we're not sure when the next one is going to be. That really comes down to timing and what projects 2K is doing. And of course, I'd love to give a shout out to 55 Liz, our good friend here, as I write, as we talked about before, write, direct, and uh, host, or not host, but uh, produce the Ultimate Vault Hunter show, which airs on Thursdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, on twitch.tv slash Borderlands. Also, GCX, GCX event. Yes. Go go donate like a, a million, billion dollars for St. Jude. <laughs> I'm literally... For those in Radio Land, I'm wearing a, a, a purple St. Jude shirt that I got a couple of years back when I got the uh, honor and privilege of visiting uh, the hospital. So make sure you guys get it out there and uh, gcxevent.com slash donate. Yes, that is, donate the, that, the is, that is the right link. That is yes. also why I have to run. Um, yep. <laughs> so, it, yeah, everybody, thank you for listening so much. As Mitsu said right now, the charity marathon, a.k.a. the thing I work on all year is happening right now so if you've gotten any value out of this i know i never ask you to do anything other than share the episode this time i'm asking you to do something different i'd like you to go to twitch.tv slash gcx event and i'd like you to watch the show and i would like you to donate for the kids of saint jude um 
also, because this conversation is incredible, I will also be asking you to also, since that's a word I said a lot, um, share this with anyone uh, that you thought of while you were listening. I would recommend this episode to literally anyone who is interested in becoming more involved in gaming, period. Um, and if you're a content creator, this is a perspective that I have never heard before. So it's very good. Um, thank you for listening. Rate, comment, subscribe if you want. We'll talk to you next time. Peace. Goodbye, podcast. All right. That's what you're... That, cut it there, Max. Chat, thank you for watching. Mitsu, thank you again for joining me. We you, absolutely need to reschedule for a part two because yes, I have please. so many more questions and I feel like we have so much more to teach each other. So that's exciting. Yeah. Um, chat, I love you. Mitsu, I love you too. Love we'll you talk to y'all next time. Peace. All right. Have a good night.